Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! That sound means it's time for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. I am your host, Chase Smith, and with me, he covers your Cleveland Cavaliers for Sports Illustrated, the one the only Sam Amico. Sam, the draft lottery has come and gone. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing better than the Cavs after the draft lottery, um, as you know. But uh, they probably wish that they could redo the draft lottery <laughs> once yeah. again. But you know, It does uh, yeah. feel weird, though, complaining about draft luck as a Cavs fan. Um, given three first picks in the last – in the 2010s, right? Like yeah. For the, in the last 17 years, <laughs> essentially. Well, yeah, um, with with LeBron and then Kyrie and and Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett. Not in that order. I got Bennett Wiggins mixed up. But uh, there's four since 2003 number one picks. Yeah. So it, it does feel weird saying, "Hey, the past two years we got hosed because we didn't have." Uh, but alas, we had some of the best odds and the. We could have very easily gotten the first two, the first pick last year, and this year it did not happen again. We're picking fifth. Sam, talk us off the ledge if any Cavs fans are on the ledge. <laughs> well, there are some intriguing players, and I don't think that there's going to be, you know, at least the experts who uh, pay real close attention to the draft, the scouts that I've talked to, don't think there's going to be, you know, last year in the draft it was a disappointment not to end up with zion williamson or morant okay um now gosh yeah the year before that so um this year is uh the drop off between say the top three are pretty much going to be in in no particular order anthony edwards Lamelo ball james wiseman those are kind of the big three but they aren't zion and uh, John Morant, they're just the, the, those three aren't looked at as, you know, kind of those franchise changing guys. So the drop off from those top three to fifth isn't considered uh, that large. You could probably get, you know, a player who's comparable at five as you can uh, a player at one. You know, at least that's the philosophy heading into the draft. Now, you know, there's always been there's been some really good players in the NBA throughout history drafted at number five. Uh, there's been some really good players drafted at 15, you know, so uh, you never really know. This is one of those drafts that's kind of looked at as not a great draft. So there's going to be a diamond in the rough. There really is. There always is. And uh, that's what the Cavs are hoping for if they end up uh, keeping this pick, which we'll, we'll get into, I'm sure, throughout the podcast. And it's so hard to judge a draft, one, even before the draft happens, but also immediately after the draft. You really can't tell the value of a draft until three, five, seven years after the initial draft. And even then, those grades can change from the night of the draft to three years to five years later as players grow and develop and change and grow into their own. Um, there, there have been some drafts that people said weren't as strong, but they go back and look and all of a sudden it was a deep draft and maybe they didn't have those super duper stars, but pick 15, 22, they're still drafting players that are crunch time players that are either giving you solid playoff minutes or coming off the bench. 
Um, and so just because they don't maybe not have that Zion Luca super duper star, uh, they could fill, still find some very valuable pieces, Sam. And the Cavs are going to look to do that at number five. Um, Sam, if you had the pick, would you who would you draft or would you trade? What would GM Sam Amico do with the Cavs pick at five with this current roster? The first thing I would do, uh, honestly, is look to trade. I think that you have uh, you have a second year player this past year in Colin Sexton, uh, and these are your key players here. You've got you know Darius Garland who is a rookie, Kevin Porter Jr. who is a rookie, Dylan Windler who will be a rookie uh, after having missed all of last season. You've got Jetty Oseman who was uh, what in his uh, third year will be entering his fourth. You've got a lot of youth at those key wing positions. Um, I, I, and I think that, you know, with Kevin Love, Larry Nance, Andre Drummond, uh, maybe, maybe you can add another young player uh, in the front court. I think, frankly, I chased just the story tonight that the salary cap's going to go so low uh, for 2021 that I think most of those free agents are going to sign one-year deals with their current team. So I think you may be looking at least one more year with Tristan Thompson. Um, so if I'm the Cavs, I would try to use that pick in a package to get uh, a, a, at least a younger veteran-type player for the backcourt um, because you're, you're so young back there. that uh, it, And if you do, let's say you draft – Chase, let's say you draft a, a guy at five who's a power forward type because there are plenty of them available who could go in the four to seven range. Yep. Um, if, if you are to draft one of those guys, they may just be sitting on the bench. Uh, say if, if Drummond, Love, Larry Nance Jr., Tristan are all back, you know, you may have a rookie who's not getting many minutes, your number five pick. So I frankly – that would be my first priority is to trade it in a package. You may not be getting a Ben Simmons superstar, but to, you know, that would be my first thing I would check is can I get a guy like, like Simmons who will help change the course of the franchise? If I can't do that, I'm going to go after a veteran player who can help immediately, um, you know, in the 20, 22 age to 26 27 age range i'm, um, I'm looking at help. picks here four through 14 on this mock draft i'm looking at and only one of them is not a forward so yeah and it seems like that's kind of where they're all maybe even ranked that there's not one maybe that you would want above the rest but um it, it does seem kind of like a, a very even draft and there are a couple names that, that do stick out um and, and the Cavs may be hoping a player like uh, if they are going to make the pick, like a Topin drops, um, or some, or Okongwu maybe falls, you know, to the lap at five if if he's still there. But um, so same, you're saying you you would trade the pick and uh, kind of give the young core more time to grow and develop before they make a decision. Yeah, you know, depending on what what is out there, who's available. Um, you know, we heard. <clears throat> we 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 spent the last podcast talking about Ben Simmons. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, it was fun. <laughs> Elton Brand, uh, the Sixers GM, says he's not getting traded. Yeah. Uh, they're going to bring in a new coach and try to make him beat and Simmons work. 
And I think that's really what they're going to do. Now, maybe he becomes available at another time. But, uh, you know, and, and look, if you're the Cavs, you may have no choice but to take the guy because of the way the salary caps. It, there are two things about the salary cap to keep in mind. One, it's going to hurt free agency probably a lot. Free agents are really going to be impacted because teams are going to be looking to clear cap space so that they're not paying luxury tax um, out the wazoo, which is going to be the case because the salary cap is going to come down so much because of all the lost revenue from this season. That's the, the layman's version of that. What it's going to be a good season off season for because of that is going to be trades teams are going to want to shed salary. And in order to do that, they're going to have to give up players. I think this season, off-season, more than any in our lifetime, we're going to see really good players being on the move in trades because teams want to unload salary. That could mean Kevin Love uh, could, could, you know, I mean, if the Cavs, Drummond's obviously going to opt in. So that's really going to put the Cavs over the cap. And, um, you know, that, that may mean let's, let's liquidate uh, some of these salaries off our roster if we can. So that said, um, I think that this is going to be such a good season for trades that the Cavs are going to really have an opportunity to package this pick and, and maybe another young player or two and, and get somebody really good. If that doesn't happen, as you were saying, Chase, um, they could they very well could end up using this number five pick that that could be that could be the scenario and if they did you know the names that you mentioned on kong Wu from usc uh-huh. obi Toppin from dayton uh a lot of people uh i i've seen a lot of fans tweet at me or email me or whatever uh have said they really like Toppin, um and 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 the the kid from israel Adija, Denny Adija, I believe is his last name. Um, he could, he's a guy who's a possibility. I've heard that the Cavs like him. I've heard that the Cavs really like Devin Vassell uh, from Florida State, who is projected to go more in the like seven to 11 range, uh, but could end up being a sleeper. He's a small forward type, uh, shooting guard type, uh, six, seven. So I, I think that those guys are the names you're kind of looking at. Uh, if they end up keeping that pick, Sam, would you say, would you read to, would you read a lot into what the Cavs do here at five? Would you read a lot into a trading a pick or taking a player? Like for instance, if they do take a power forward, would you say the odds of them moving on from Kevin Love would be greater? Like, is, is, is that reading too much into what they do here? Is that putting too much stock into their actions here at five? Oh, well, a little bit because they could, you know, look, they could end up keeping Kevin Love who I, you know, is, is no spring chicken anymore uh, in NBA terms and, um, you know, get a guy and develop him behind love and, and Larry Nance jr. You know, just, just because they draft, it would, uh, let me tell you this, it would make the front court players having been around the NBA enough. I could tell you that if they draft a power forward or center, the, 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 other players would at first be nervous about that. The veterans would be like, well, why are they drafting a guy at my position? That happens every year, (laughs) no matter who gets drafted. Last year, Colin Sexton was thinking, why are they drafting Darius Garland? 
And, you know, then he figured it out. So I think that that said, when they do draft, if they do draft a power forward, uh, Love and, and Nance Jr. can help bring this guy along and uh, help prepare him to the future. There, there, that may be a possibility. You know, they could draft a top in or the, the kid from USC whose, whose name I sadly have uh, issue pronouncing, but I know he's a really nice player. He's probably the guy, even though I have them taking top in my mock draft, I think I would go with the kid from USC right now, just from everything I've heard about him. Um, and, 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 you know, you can, you can develop him and he could take Ante Zizic's role uh, in terms of minutes and developing and learning, Zizic, of course, signed with uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv today, so he's gone. And, uh, you know, so that's not to say he would be the same type of player. It's just to say those minutes are going to be available um, and, and, and that type of, you know, you wouldn't have to throw the guy into action right away if you didn't want to, uh, no matter who you took at five. Sam, I have to ask, what do the Cavs do if LaMelo Ball is sitting there on the, on the board and the Cavs are on the clock at five? Do you see the Cavs drafting LaMelo Ball? Yeah, absolutely. If he fell to five, yeah. You know, there have been surprises in these drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when there's no – you know, last year you knew there wasn't going to be any surprise. Zion was going one, Morant was going two. The, a draft like this that is unpredictable, um, there could be franchises that don't frankly want to, you know, maybe they don't, maybe the Golden State Warriors, Minnesota Timberwolves, Charlotte Hornets, and Chicago Bulls, all the teams out of the Cavs think, you know what, LaMelo is not good enough for us to put up with LaVar. And, and maybe... I doubt that they think that, but that's a possibility. We don't want to have to listen to LeVar trashing our coach, talking about how great LaMelo is, talking about how we need to trade for Lonzo. And, you know, maybe they don't want that. Now, if they think LaMelo is a franchise-changing player, none of that's going to matter. But if they do, you know, and he should fall a little bit, then, then, you, then yeah, they, they would take him. If, if they thought Halliburton – who's a 6'5 point guard, if they thought that he was going to be better than Garland or some of those other guys, or I don't think, you know, Garland's really the point guard. If they think Halliburton's going to be better than him, they're not going to care. They will draft him. Uh, people, people, when you win 19 games two straight years, you're not worried about drafting per, for position. You're, you're going to, you know, Let's say it is Halliburton or or, or Lamelo drops, they're, they're, and and they think that guy if that guy's the top of uh, top of their draft board right there, that's who they're going to take, and they're going to say, you know what, we're going to let these guys battle it out in camp, and one of them is going to lose, and whoever loses, we'll probably end up trading. So there's uh there's there's a lot of different philosophies behind the draft, but the the number one thing that really is lost on fans I think a lot is you draft the best player regardless and you make it work because uh, you don't want to say you know what well we had to draft a power forward you know or a center so we ended up drafting Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan you don't want to do that well we needed a center yeah well guess what 
You gave up on the greatest player, arguably the greatest player in the history of the game because you drafted for position. And you never want to do that uh, when, when you're making a pick in the NBA draft, regardless of who else is on the team. So, Sam, in your, in your mock, you have the Cavs taking Obi Topin. I hope, or Toppin, I hope the Cavs, uh, I hope Onyeka Okongwu drops the center from USC. But, Sam, you really believe the Cavs are going to trade this pick. Let's talk about that. Who, who would be some trade partners uh, that the Cavs could be fielding calls or calling to um, as they look to do something with this number five pick? What are you hearing? Well, first of all, you know, if you're going to trade the number five pick, you want to, you would, let's say you can't package it for a guy like Simmons. He's not available. Yeah. Um, so what you're going to do more or less is probably look to trade down, acquire another pick. But again, in the Cavs situation, they want a decent young player should they move down. Boston is a team that doesn't, you know, again, the Celtics again have three first round picks. The Celtics do not want one of them. They don't, they don't need them. You know, they're, they have, they're a veteran team that's playing for championship um, and they don't want to bring in three rookies, maybe bring in one, but you know, I don't even think they care about that right now. They're at 14, 26 and 30 in the first. Yeah. Round. So, I mean, theoretically the Cavs could trade um, the Cavs could trade that pick to Boston, get those other three and maybe a young player. Now, I don't know who that would be now. Maybe the Celtics are saying, look, we got on unlo- unload Gordon Hayward and, and you know, we, we, we just can't afford him. The salary cap's going down. Um, we got to do something. So, you know, is that an opportunity for the Cavs to say, okay, we'll give you five, you give us 14, 26, and we'll take Hayward off your hands. Obviously the Cavs would have to give back some salary somehow, some way. And I'm, I'm not looking at all the numbers, but the point is that's where a number five pick comes into play in some sort of package right now. You know, Boston is a team who uh, definitely doesn't want any of those picks. Um, You know, the Lakers don't want their pick and their trade. We see the Lakers every year since um, since the the, the GM has been there. Uh, He's always trading his pick and he's almost always trading uh, (laughs) with the Cavs, doesn't Seemed like they, the Lakers trade with the Cavs a lot. Yeah. So I was thinking um, that way about the Celtics too. Gosh, can we just not trade with those guys? Yeah, it's like the two the 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 two the two biggest uh, franchises traditionally uh, are always trading with the Cavs. But but uh, what's his name with the Lakers? Particularly Rob Palinka, the yeah. general manager. Is it seems like he's he wants to with pick the Lakers are twenty eight. So again. You know, if you're, if the Lakers are trading that pick for and and they want the fifth, they're going to have to give you. If I'm the Cavs, you know, I'm saying Kuzma, which right now the Lakers wouldn't do. But again, these are hypotheticals to kind of show you um, what some of these other teams want to do. I know Washington really badly wants to move up, but I think they want to move up higher than fifth. Um, but still, Washington is a team that's kind of looking to shake things up. Uh, other than, you know, with Wall and Beal and Bertans coming back, those three, they're, they're trying, to, trying to create a little bit of buzz like the Cavs are. The Cavs want to create some buzz with this draft um, and, and get, some, get fans excited again. At least, you know, theoretically we're going to be decent again 
with the moves we make this off season is what they, what they want fans to believe. You want to talk about the bubble in the playoffs or uh, talk about the Lakers? How do you feel about that, Sam? So oh. th- let's, let's talk awards. We, we won't talk too long because they're still being released. Uh, Giannis announced today defensive player of the year. Uh, Sam, if he wins MVP, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only other person to win MVP and defensive player of the year was, was Jordan. Am I right? Boy, I, I wish I knew. You know what, Chase? And I, I haven't I don't know that I've admitted this to my uh readers very often or listeners. Um but I'm not a big awards guy. Yeah. I, I I I appreciate them. Um but I'm not I'm not I'm just not a I don't pay attention to them as much because I think to me, all that really matters as, as a fan of the game for, you know, 30 years now, maybe more, I've, I've always just enjoyed the way the game is played for the most part. I enjoy Sorry, Jordan and Elijah one are the only, I think David players. Robinson, didn't David Robinson, or not the same year, not the same year. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But, but they've, yeah. And they, so it'd be Jordan and Elijah one. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I frankly think, and maybe maybe this will be outdated by the time the podcast is actually heard uh, by people. But I, I personally think LeBron's going to win MVP, um, though I think it's going to be close. I think you know Giannis again was the best player on the best team. Um, I just I just think a lot of people are going to vote for LeBron this year because the Lakers had such a resurgence and he stayed healthy and all that. So um, so that would be like a kind of like a career achievement. Maybe he didn't have the best statistical season, but he's just been year 17, still at it, still leading, still one of the best players in the league, if not the best. And maybe they gave Giannis the DP because he wasn't winning MVP. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying to. Yeah. I, I, yeah no, it's hard to I, tell. I think, it's hard to tell. I think he's got a good shot. Don't get me wrong. I think he's got a, a really good shot. Um, at, at Giannis has at the MVP, but yeah. I, I just think that, that, uh, and I do. I think LeBron had a had a pretty good season. He's not as explosive, and I say this as a as a guy who watches him still in amazement. Yeah. But he's changed. You know, he's just not. He's not that Miami Heat early Cavs, um, even even twenty sixteen Cavs guy, where he's just going to barrel down the lane and throw one down all the time. Yeah. Um, he still can do that, but he's just. It's it's just. I, I, you know, I, I've noticed this even in Jordan. I, I was old enough to see him in his prime. 35, 36 is when you just start to lose that step, no matter how great you are. Um, and, and, and LeBron's coming off a phenomenal game, as I say that. He missed two shots, had, what, 30 points uh, in, in game four against the Blazers. So I, I just I, – I think this is his last opportunity – yeah. to probably win that award. People have been saying that, Sam, about LeBron. This is the last chance for the finals. This is the last chance, for, I feel like, for the last four seasons. I saw a tweet, and I wish I could uh, give them credit, but the tweet said um, uh, it, it wasn't – so this is what the tweet was like. LeBron, welcome to the Western Conference. No, scratch that. Western Conference, welcome to LeBron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like after you know, that playoff game. And I've thought about it, Chase. I think about, you know, the, the greats. Before him, um, 
I think we've got, you know, okay, he's 35. I think we've got uh, probably next year and the year after, you know, where he's near the top of the league. Um, and then really, unless, unless he can somehow defy what everybody else has been unable to, yeah. um, we're going to see that decline. I don't know how rapid it'll be, but I, I, I mean, my point is I still think he's going to be a pretty good NBA player at 39, you know, and uh, that's after that. I can't, I can't say that he will be after that. I've just never seen it. I've seen guys be decent at 40 and, and starter worthy material at 40, but um, that's, that's rare. It's really rare. So, I have a LeBron theory. I think he's going to stay in the league until Bronny enters the league. I think he wants to play either with or against his son for one season. Yeah, I, 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 I could see that happening. <clears throat> um, it'll be interesting to see what type of player Bronny is. Um, he's got, you know, the kid, the kid's got a ton of talent and uh, I don't know, you know, He's almost – he turned six – I just looked him up on Google, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, he turned 16 uh, in October. Um, right. So that's right. three to four more years, depending on if, – if they eliminate the high, the college rule, it's a little sooner. Or if he goes and plays semi-pro. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of options for him to do. But I, I, Right, I yeah. So, so you so you look at I, – I think three more years, um, and LeBron will certainly I, – I, unless that's something – he uh, he almost certainly will be in the league at that stage, and I would think in three more years um, with his production. I have to say something about Bronny, and I believe his other son is Bryce. I can't. I'm, I'm forgive me for not knowing their names. You're forgiven. I don't know the, I don't know. <laughs> but they're both they're both very talented. Yeah. And I will say this: I haven't played with them, but I had friends who went. Uh, to the wellness center in in uh-huh. Bath there uh-huh. that that the that LeBron's family is members of and they played with it. His kids came in and played. They were, you know, grown ups, 20, 25, 35, 40 years old and, and LeBron's sons, you know, wanted to play and they said, Yeah, sure. Right. And they said my my buddies who played with them said they could not have been nicer, more well adjusted just they sung their praises just just great great kids and they said it was such a pleasure to to play with them um because you you know they were not they were not arrogant or you know and they you they're kids they're lebron's kids you'd have a reason to be arrogant you know and you're 12 13 years old at that point and you know most kids at that age but they said they were just so unbelievably impressed with them and I, i i think that 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 really sticks uh, with me because every, everybody I've, every time I've talked to LeBron one-on-one, he's been nothing but cordial. So it's good to see. And it's, it's always good to hear stories like that, that, um, yeah. that the kids turned out great. So um, it'll be interesting to see though, be interesting to see. And I think you're right. I think if, if Bronny gets to the NBA, LeBron will be wanting to play either against him or with him for at least a season. Yeah. One final topic, Sam, and we had to just because it was, Incredible. Can we talk Luka Doncic for a little bit? I, 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 the guy is amazing. Just amazing. I, I haven't, um, I, 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 you know, you get impressed with guys 
mm. every once in a while, the Durants, the obviously LeBron's, Giannis. I know I'm missing some in there. James Harden, Curry. I mean, these guys are, and and he's right up there already. Uh, he's just, he's just, uh, he's phenomenal. I mean, it, it, he he's you can't guard him. And and there are there are there are only a handful of guys you can say that about the league right now. That that you just you can put your best defender on him. It's not going to matter. You can double team him. It's not going to matter. He's just too uncanny, um, too skilled, too. He's got the size, uh, athleticism, the passion, just just fantastic. And I think that he's he's going to be carrying the torch. You know, once LeBron's gone, it's going to be him and. Him and Yacht, it's going to be Don Shichin and Zion. And so, Zion, Sam, stop yeah. me when I'm wrong, okay? Will you stop me when I'm wrong? Maybe this – Stop you when you're wrong? Yeah, okay. stop me when, when I'm – Podcast be- over. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Luca will – and I know you just said you're not big about awards, but Luca will open the season next year top three in MVP chances, odds. Yes. Oh, sorry. Can I say something even if you're right? Y- yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. I um, agree. Luca will next year be first team All NBA. Yes. Luca will uh, win a title in his career. That's hard to do. Stop. Yeah, I there. think. Uh, no, I think. I mean, I he. I, I, I think he will. Um, he has an owner no, who isn't afraid it, to spend money. He has right. Yeah, who that's true. Compliments well. Um, Dallas goes from from Dirk to Luca. I mean, are you are you kidding me? That's that's just that, that's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? If Dirk won a title, I think Luca will win one too. Um, yes. Okay, so you're not wrong. Luca, if you were to pick one player to start any franchise with right now and any player in the league, your first pick is Luka Doncic. Correct. That's crazy. You're still- I, I would I, I would take him over Giannis right now. I would. And I, uh, that's I would insane because Giannis is, you know, no, something special. I would but do I think, over Zion, over Ja, over everyone. Luka is it. Sam, oh, I think, I, this I, is Luka's NBA. This is his league. And he took it against the team that had the best defense against the finals MVP. He went toe-to-toe and he won. He's giving them as many fits as LeBron's going to give them, I think. Now they're getting really whacked is. tonight, as we as we talk. Who Dallas? Yeah. Well, that series they have no shot in that series. They're too young. You're not going to beat Kawhi and Paul George and all that. That veteran fifteen team. to ninety one with as we're recording ten minutes to go in the fourth. No, it's yeah. I I knew that series wasn't going to. You know, the, the Mavericks had very little shot. You've got to be a veteran team to win in the playoffs to win big, and. Uh, they're, they're just too young. He, he's, you know, he's going to take his lumps. That team's going to take their lumps. And I, I like uh, that team overall. I like Porzingis. I, I like, you know, some of the players who are kind of unsung guys on that team. I like Jalen Brunson a lot. He's a winner. Um, I, I, I like uh, Seth Curry is a nice player for them. So, yeah. you know, th- that's, that team's, that team's a few pieces away and, and mostly, and, and what's a guy's name, Maxi Keepler or whatever. He's yeah. a nice player. I, I, I think that team's a few pieces away still, but um, I'll tell you they got what. a great coach, Carlisle, perennially underrated coach. Never gets mentioned. I feel like I, I think. He's- nah, very good coach. Yeah. I've never, I've never, even when Dirk was there, 
I've just never paid much. I shouldn't say I never paid much attention to the Mavericks. I just haven't been like, it seems like Chase every, you know, I've been live long enough that there's always been a team to me yeah. every year that I've been real intrigued to watch and couldn't wait to watch. This is the first time I felt that way about the Mavericks, even the, even though they were great. I, I this is the, you know, with and, Dirk and that team, this is the first time I thought, wow, what's that? And we're missing out on the X factor Boban. <laughs> yeah you know what baby <laughs> yeah yeah and you know what boban is he's a guy who's just happy to be seven five super that's what fun he is team. yeah yeah, and, yeah I, and I hope they they're gonna add the some world. intriguing pieces yep they're um, gonna add some intriguing pieces and within the next couple of years they could be yeah you never know well that does it for this episode of Cavs in the break nba podcast thank you all so much for downloading and listening make sure to follow us on twitter at Cavs in the break we always follow back shouts to the press play podcast network for making this possible make sure to follow sam on twitter at amico hoops catch all of his work and writings on, on sports illustrated analysis player quotes interviews insider info do not miss out sam any final thoughts brother that's all i got right now keep in mind the draft may be moved uh pushed back from october 16th to maybe closer to the start of November. So uh, it could be a while and the Cavs could be able to figure out, um, have more time to figure out some options uh, before the draft takes place. But I'm sure we'll have like at least three or four more podcasts before then. Right. Hopefully. I mean, if I hope so. track record, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> We're going to go we, one a week, baby. <laughs> we, we had a lot of momentum before, before COVID hit. And then that yeah. kind of, and then you had a baby too. You had another. I, baby. I did have a son. Yeah, yeah he's. Yeah. yeah, yes. But we'll we'll do an in depth mock draft uh, here the next um, couple weeks here. Sometimes That'd be great. We'll, we'll bring someone on and we'll uh, we'll have some fun. Um, but Sam, Mike Breen even gave a double bang on Luca's game winner. Um, <laughs> so Mike, we love you, man. Take us out. Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.